0: Linda Ballesteros.
1: Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros and I am your host today. Thanks so much for finding some time in your busy day to spend with us. Today we're going to be talking about the senior services industry. Recently read an article that said nearly 400,000 American retirees moved from their residence during 2020, the highest number in five years. This marked a 30% increase over 2019. That's just amazing. And when they're talking about moving, they're talking about moving into maybe an independent living. Maybe they're moving into a more, um, a more, um, services or the, um, more like a assisted living is the word I'm trying to look for here. So there are many reasons why seniors move, and sometimes they're just downsizing. They just need the help in downsizing. Well, today we're going to be talking about that very thing with Nicole Blaze, and she is the founder and president of Goshenite uh, Senior Services. Goshenite is a transition and relocation services franchise. They coordinate and facilitate the transition of seniors from their home to a condo, retirement residence, or long-term care facility, as well as provide concierge services. So please help me in welcoming Nicole to the show. Nicole, welcome to the show today.
2: Oh thank you very much Linda and uh, thanks for the great introduction absolutely you know Nicole I'm a baby boomer and I'm part of that statistic
1: um, but <laughs> as much as I am not ready and I'm still able to to care for myself and do for myself I am not ready for independent living or even assisted living but I do tell you, Nicole, I have pared down, I have definitely (laughs) downsized quite a few times here. So Nicole, before we get started in that, tell me a little bit about what drew you to the senior services industry.
2: Sure, no problem. So my background is um, healthcare and not-for-profits. And and at one point in my career, I um, was the director of care of a retirement home. Um, And at that point in time so I was there for approximately 5 years it's that is when I noticed and recognized that there was a huge gap in services for families who are trying to transition their loved ones so typically their parents right so we live in, we all know that you know we're part of that sandwich generation where we ourselves are the baby boomers but then our parents you know are 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 the seniors and may require some of our assistance in doing some of the things and one of them was So I recognized during that time as the director of care that um, some of these families had no one that lived close by or nearby that could assist them in transitioning into that retirement setting or assistive living setting without having to do all of their work themselves. So those gaps were identified and so I built my business model around that. So it's like kind of a hybrid model where it's a one-stop shop for families.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I can certainly see where that would be a huge benefit, especially since, you know, these days Nicole families are spread not just across uh, the country, but they're spread across the world, and they Correct. can't always be there for those daily things or helping them make decisions or helping them go through that downsizing. So what are some of the um, the services? that Goshenite actually offers when it comes to transitioning into a new facility.
2: So basically how it would happen, um, Linda, would be so we would get a call from either the senior themselves or a family member, you know, saying that mom and dad or mom or dad uh, is having to leave their their home for one reason or another. and at that point we would come in and do a consultation. The initial consultation is free. And during that time and typically we would be there an hour, sometimes two, you know, some of the seniors are lonely, they want to chat, which is fine. Sure. So during that time assessment is done where we typically walk through the home and estimate the time that it would take and when we transition them, it is typically involves everything from a to z when you can think of a move so that would be like packing downsizing again and removing some of the items that you know they wouldn't have uh selecting charities that they would want to donate some of the items that they can't have in their new place we all know the assisted living suites and stuff are much smaller than you know that three bedroom bungalow that they are living in and they can't possibly take everything there even though they'd love to <laughs>
1: So Mm -hmm.
2: you know, from going from a a 12 to 1,500 square foot home to uh, you know anywhere between 700 to 1,000 square foot suite is is huge. So um, at that point in time, we also would recommend, you know, if they have enough items that they want to uh, and have some value, we would recommend that we do a content sale for them. At that point, we would catalog everything, price everything. We would manage a content sale. We would meet the people who are purchasing the items to remain. We want to ensure that the safety of our clients are always at the forefront um, and then we pack everything, we bring all the supplies, we were there the day that the moving company is there, we manage all of that to the new location, and then we also do the cleaning of the home for the sale or staging, if need be, for the real estate company to come in and uh, list that home for sale. So that whole process would approximately take anywhere between uh, 40 to 60 hours to complete.
1: So, Nicole, you actually also work almost like an estate planning,
2: I mean, an estate sales company as well. That's correct. So I will often say to our clients, you know, they'll say to me, what is the difference between an estate or a content sale? So an estate sale will have items or artifacts that have a greater value than 3000 plus, or jewelry, et cetera. So at that point in time, if we're we're looking at an estate that contains a lot of those items, we would bring in an auctioneer and set all of that up. Otherwise, typically in in our region where we live, um, it's basically content sales, and those are very easily managed by us as well. So that's the difference between estate and quant sale. And sometimes they will even have like a yard sale if they had a lot of items that had like lawnmowers or uh, Mm -hmm. lawn furniture, stuff like that, that we could sell Mm -hmm. for them.
1: So do you help them in uh, identifying a property? Um, Do you help them in finding that condo or that uh, retirement community?
2: Absolutely. So if need be that, you know, for example, if typically these situations always happen under crisis, unfortunately, um, Mm -hmm. and it is because, you know, they're elderly and someone has had a fall and is unable to return home. So the other spouse is left alone in a big home. So yes. At that point, if they're in a hurry and don't know where to look, we work with property managers within our area. Um, And not just here, actually, we've done moves from our location to other um, provinces in Canada where we've worked with property managers, say, in Fredericton and Edmonton um, to assist us in finding a place for the people who are wanting to relocate to their hometowns. So, yes, Mm -hmm. we do absolutely assist them in finding, you know, what their budget is, what they want to pay, what it is they're looking for that can Mm -hmm. be part of that service as well.
1: Because the kids may decide um, we want you closer to us and to find the property closer to the rest of the family. Um, The senior may not know how to do that, so it's good that you offer that. When you mentioned that you have – um, a concierge
2: service. Can you describe that to me just a little bit? Sure. So our business model was to, Linda set um, have a continuum of services where the seniors, say for example, so we have a transportation service where we drive clients to and from medical appointments or to the hairdressers or the grocery store, et cetera. And those Those clients are, are, you know, a lot of them are quite able and are still living in their homes and quite able to get around just for some reason or another can no longer drive uh, because their license has been removed for one reason or another. So that transit, that transportation client, um, and, and we see this happen all the time, turns into Oh, now we need extra services, so maybe we need to transition and relocate so then they know that we offer this service so then of course they'll call us and say, you know, can we have a consultant come in and do um, you know, the the consultation, sure, that's great. So we do that. We also have home support and home care services, and what does that mean? Again, that can provide a continuum of care where the family is used to working with our company, and so now we're, we have all these other services that can assist them as well. So if the parents can stay in their own home but then require some cleaning, biweekly cleaning or monthly cleaning, or at any point in time, you know, if dad had a fall and is able to return home but needs support, through a personal support worker or a registered practical nurse, we also have them on staff that can assist them for that short-term or long-term, whatever that may be. We -hmm. also offer companions to go to and from um, medical appointments or shopping trips for the families that puts their mind at ease, especially if the client has a little bit of dementia and they don't sure. want them shopping on their own or going to an appointment on their own. This provides them with that comfort knowing that someone's with their loved one.
1: Sure, sure. I totally understand and it sounds like it you have certainly found out what the family's needs are as well as your client's needs because you're working with both. You're working with the family and you're working with your client. So, Nicole, when we're talking now about the franchise opportunity, when you are looking for a prospective franchisee, are you looking for someone who has had
2: experience in the senior care industry? So that's a great question, Linda. Thank you so much. So, you know, I I often get asked, what is the perfect fit for someone to own a franchise like ours? So first and foremost, you have to have someone who has a personality that is very flexible and understanding to work families. We're not there to add stress to their situation, but we are there to minimize their stress and, you know, take them through every step of their journey, whether it be with a family member or the client themselves to um, make it easy for them. One of the things that is very difficult in Canada here, I'm not sure how it works in the States, but is finding out how to navigate the healthcare system. So whether mm-hmm. that be, you know, mom or dad need extra services, where do we go? How do we handle that? So the person that is the perfect fit for a franchise could have a social work background, who is good in marketing and sales uh, background, and most of all, more like have a drive to want to succeed and um, work with our clients that are typically seniors, that they would be very, very um, compassionate towards what they're, they're looking for. So that that would be to me the perfect fit you you have to have that drive. we all know if we're entrepreneurs, if it's going to happen, we have to make it happen first and foremost. You know you have to be willing at the beginning to put to invest the time to be successful at the end
1: Mhm yes most most definitely there, so if someone has that drive, and if someone has a passion for helping the the uh elderly what type of training would you provide for them to get them up to speed so that they can um, be a
2: Goshenite franchise owner? So um, as the franchiser, so when I developed the, the, the model that we have for the franchise, um, it is very important. So this is like to me, I, I always look, to, look at this as saying, you know, I birthed this whole new company like a new little baby and the biggest thing that I want to ensure is that any franchisee will be successful Mm -hmm. so you know imagining having a baby and and teaching it to walk and stuff it's kind of like the same thing so in our um, when a franchisee purchases a franchise then we have in uh, our agreement that we will be there and train them as much as needed um, to be successful. I, the last thing I, I believe any franchisor wants to do is, is sell a franchise to someone and um, not have that work. So mm-hmm. I can tell you, you know, that I've interviewed some franchi- potential franchisees and, and I have made ultimately a decision at the end of a conversation that, you know, two or three hours conversation that perhaps they're not the right fit. So, um, And that is to protect them and to protect my business and my business model. Um, So it is very important for me and my team to ensure the success of the franchisee. And if that requires, you know, in the first six months, other than what we have described in in our training module, um, extra support, no problem. We will do that. At the end of the day, I want them to succeed. That's the, Mm -hmm. the most important thing. Sure,
1: absolutely, because that's why, just like you said, that's why um, people look to um, the franchise business model is many of them are wanting to leave corporate and start their own business, and you certainly want to set them up for success. So, Nicole, does there have to be a, do they have to have a, is this a brick and mortar requirement? Do they need to have office space, or is this a
2: home-based business? So, our business right now, the corporate office is in a, home, uh, a home-based business. We, 98% of the time, go to our clients. Very rarely do we have someone come into our home office. Uh, mm-hmm. It's always going to the client's home. So not necessarily to have the bricks and mortars um, to be a franchisee. As I said, so we want to keep the cost down so the franchisee can obviously, you know, go off and start their business, their franchise and be successful. So Mm -hmm. they, you know, in, if you have an office that you can set up in your home, that's great. You know, I, I recall when I started, I was working <laughs> from my dining room table. You know, mm-hmm. you, you do what you have to do to make it sure. work at the beginning, sure. right? And um, sure. at one point, you know, I moved into a, a one of the spare bedrooms in our, our home. And then from there, I took up, uh, so I have an assistant who works with me in our home office. So we have pretty much a space that's about 10 by 20, but it's not necessarily that you need that much space. If mm-hmm. you have a desk and a computer and a phone, you're good to start. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And so when a, um, a new franchise is yeah. ready to open, uh, to begin with, what does that territory look like when you're awarding territories?
2: So the, the size of the territory that we have configured with our franchise model is approximately 250,000 people within your area. Okay. And And, over
1: that. And so when you're getting ready to launch that new franchise, um, what kind of support do you offer? those new franchisees, because, you know, let's get real, Nicole, many of them, they don't understand the marketing, you know, maybe they've not been in a marketing or a business development
2: position, so how do you support them in the early days? So, in the early days, so let's say that, you know, someone purchased a franchise today and they were for, um, from Florida, for example, um, we'll take Cape Coral, we have a lot of seniors in Cape Coral, we travel there frequently, uh, Fort Myers area. So if, you know, um, Mrs. Smith wanted to open a franchise in that area, then we would be on site for three to five days to assist her with her marketing plan, the launch of her franchise, and the time required to. We have a detailed plan for the marketing for the first you know, for the first month, what we, our expectations are and how we will provide the support. So I, for, for me as the franchiser, it's important for me to go on site to, you know, build that rapport with them after, you know, obviously having many conversations over a phone call or zoom calls or team meetings. Um, once the franchise has been purchased for me to be there and assist them to ensure that, you know, everything is going smoothly and that they're starting off the right foot and, it can smoothly run into you know the next years of business. Sure,
1: you know Nicole. One of the things that I always say is referral partners are the magic dust to business. So
2: who Absolutely. would be
1: good referral partners for a uh, Goshenite franchise owner?
2: So we work with many partners, whether it's nonprofit or, but I'll give you an example in regards to the transition and relocation uh, services. We work, we do presentations and work with uh, a lot of referrals from real estate agents in our community. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, clients that we've had in the past that give referrals, but we have built um relationships and partnerships with, uh, so for example, uh, financial institutions that manage and take care of portfolios that work specifically with seniors. So mm-hmm. TD wealth is one of them, Scotiabank, uh, Royal bank. So we'll work with some of their financial advisors, typically two from every institution. So they have all of our referral information and they have some of our packages that they can give their clients as well. Um, Mm -hmm. The other places that we work with, uh, other partners in non-for-profit in Sudbury here in our area would be United Way is one of the -hmm. the larger ones that also we refer clients to and they refer clients back to us. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, the Chamber of Commerce, so building those relationship and networking with those partners when you belong to an association or a group, great advantage to our business. We also did presentations when we first launched Goshenite, um, to Lions Club's veterans. We're a, an approved service provider for veterans affairs in, in our area, which again is huge, uh, mm-hmm. because in our, in Canada here, the VA will pay for a lot of services that the, the vets might require.
1: Right. Right. So they're a great. Yeah
2: partner. And I, and I think
1: the same applies here in the U.S. That the, yes. that the VA does step in and help. And that was going to be one of my next questions is, how are your franchisees paid by the clients?
2: Is it all private pay? Yes, it's all private pay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: But there again, just knowing where they could possibly get some help, like through the VA makes yep. that franchisee so valuable to their clients. And, you know, Nicole, I, when, when I was faced with this with my parents, uh, we were fortunate that um, my brothers and sisters lived close by and we were able to go in and we were able to do all of the things you described. But I'll tell you what, even at that <laughs> It was very time-consuming, and it was very, yeah. very hard because we all had jobs. So yep. to to be able to have someone to step in, even if the family is close, is just huge because it's, um, uh, sometimes you just can't, even if you live in the same town, you just can't get it all done. So I really You're right. appreciate what you guys are doing that just seems like like you said there is there is um a missing piece to a lot of the services that are Mm -hmm. offered to seniors and it sounds to me like Goshenite kind of connects a lot of those and makes it simpler
2: absolutely and you know that's a great example that you're you're giving Linda about you know working with your parents and stuff um we just recently, we're currently just finishing a transition where we were asked to just uh, move mom to a, an assistive living facility and, and bring what she needed for that square footage. So we did that and it was funny because this was last week and then the family was going to finish the rest of the transition and then I received a call on Friday saying, we're exhausted and yeah. we don't think we can do this. Is it? Right could you possibly make this happen by, you know, within a week so we can list the home for sale? And so uh, I spoke to the family this morning and I said, you know, we've had four staff members in there um, for the past, like over 20 hours in the last five days. And I said, we're about 85% done. So, and they said to me, we had no idea. So I always say to the family, you know, so four times eight, so that's 32 hours of work done basically in two days. So you were two family members that were going to do this. So you would have, mm. this would have taken you a month. And they're like, mm. yeah, we know. This is why we called you back and said, we don't have time to do this. Can you do it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I then think you start flipping think- around,
1: right? And then, you know, what happened to us is we're thinking, oh, everything looks nice and tidy. Yeah. Oh, you open that closet. Oh, my goodness. What are we <laughs> going to do with all of this stuff? And there are three <laughs> bedrooms with big walk-in closets. So, yeah. You know, and, it, it's, it's hard, it's hard client,
2: to know. Yeah. This client had, um, you know, that generation, um, you know, because of, of how they were brought up and, and you know, right. through the war and depression and stuff, yep. they, they they accumulate a lot of stuff because lot. they have that, mm-hmm. that fear, right? So this client right. in particular had 15 sets of dishes. Oh, my goodness, <gasps> Linda. <laughs> I had one girl, like, packing dishes for, like, a day and a half. And I oh was like, this goodness. is... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness, like... And then we we went into the basement yesterday, opened a closet, and there was another box of dishes.
0: <laughs> oh my we, we goodness! We laughed about
2: the dishes.
1: <laughs> oh, that is too funny! I tell you what, Nicole, I need to take a quick commercial break, but you've just shared with us one story. But I tell you what, I would love to hear um, another story or two from you. Do you have any that sure. you could share with us?
2: Absolutely. I would be uh, honored to do that.
1: Wonderful. Folks, I'm going to take a real quick commercial break, and we'll be back talking with Nicole about Goshenite Senior Services. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. We're talking about the senior services industry today, and my guest is Nicole Blaise. And Nicole, am I pronouncing your last name correctly?
2: Very close, Linda. So it's glad,
1: but that's okay. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. No problem. So when we broke from commercial break, I asked if you happen to have some other stories you could share with us about maybe your franchisees or additional
2: clients that you've had. Yeah, sure, no problem. So, um if I think back, someone we often get calls saying, you know, are you only servicing um seniors? So, and what, you know, what's the age for a senior and stuff? So, we we obviously hate to say no to any business. So, basically we say we service anyone from plus that age demographic. So uh, I recall, you know, I think we were in business a couple of years and I I received a call from a gentleman and he was 52, I believe. Anyhow, long story short, we'll just say, so his wife passed away, uh, unfortunately, to cancer. And he was obviously um, overwhelmed by the entire situation um, that had transpired, like anyone would be, right? And Mm -hmm. they had two children, but neither one of them lived in our community. So I went uh, and did the consultation myself. One of the things that that happens during transition, whether it be someone who's 52 or 89, um, is we realize that they can have either built the home, have been in the home for 40 plus years or 30 plus years, or in a situation like this client, been in the home for 15 years, the wife passed away, it was their forever home, and so Mm -hmm. now devastation. Is one thing to recognize as the consultant or even during the process of uh, our team doing the transition packing and stuff that the individual there's some psychological component happening, but doesn't matter if you're 50 or 80 um, because you've been in that location for so long and it's to take the time to recognize that they're either, you know, you're there for a four hour shift to do the transition packing and stuff and that's typically how long we stay people get tired especially if they're you know um 70 plus uh Mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot for them so recognizing their emotions and what's going on psychologically is is another part so for example, I will come on the job site as often as I can, especially when we're doing transitions, to do a mental health check in with the client themselves. So I'll actually have a tea with them while the team is working, ask them how it's going, you know do we need to slow down the process? what's our time frame um and typically, it does stay the same, and it we you know it it goes smoothly and there's no hiccups. We've had a couple mm-hmm. of times where the client is overwhelmed. Um, just because it's too much. Either someone's mm-hmm. passed and they're having to, to relocate, they've been in the home too long, like I said, or they've built it, and it's it's definitely, um, for them, huge to, to move to another location. So we mm-hmm. always want to consider that component. So with that gentleman who was, like, only 52, that job, you know, was quoted to last three months. However, it lasted six months because um, the the mental effect of having lost his wife and, and us showing up and, and doing going through the items and stuff was very difficult. It was a tragic loss for him. So we mm-hmm. worked around his schedule. Yes, it cost a little bit more money, but at the end of the day, the satisfaction of the customers is first and foremost, and he was very pleased. Uh, he remains a client today. He calls us regularly. He sends us Christmas cards, uh, so he's pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Nicole, I can definitely relate
1: to that. In 2016, I lost my husband of almost 20 years. And even though we had not been in that home the whole time that we had been married, it was still a process to go through the items, you know, to go and then there were the memories attached to the items. So Mm -hmm. it's... um, it is very emotional, and I would think that everyone's pace of dealing with that is different. So you do have to be sensitive and check in with your your client periodically, don't you?
2: Absolutely. You have to respect, um, you know, what they're going through, whether it's mm-hmm. just a transition or whether mm-hmm. they've lost someone. That's all part of it.
1: Yeah definitely.
2: Nicole, we're coming down close to the end of the
1: show. If someone is listening and whether they would like more information about the Goshenite service or whether they would like information about the franchise opportunity, where would they go to receive that information?
2: So a couple of ways they can do that is by one, they can call me at 705- 698- 5318 or they can go to our website ww G-O-S-H-E-N-I-T-E-Services.com and they will see that there's a franchise tab that has information there. Or they could email me if they would like more information. Um, My email address is nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, at gosheniteservices.com. Wonderful. So we're down to
1: those final three questions. And the first one is, if there is someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest they do to prepare
2: for the process? Absolutely. Have them call me or email me, and then I would schedule, obviously, a call with them, just like an introductory call so they get to to know me, I get to know them and then once that's completed if we think that this is going to be a fit for them then we can proceed to the next steps.
1: Mhm. Yeah, it it's one step at a time, isn't it? Yes,
2: yes. <laughs> I don't it want to is. overwhelm them either, you know, yeah. as as entrepreneurs, we you know, we all know that it's 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 very difficult to to put all your eggs together and get them lined up and get going. So hence the reason why we did the franchise model to make it a lot easier for anybody interested. Yeah, definitely.
1: So the second question here is, and I think we may have touched on this early in the interview, um, but what are two traits that make a successful franchisee?
2: So one I would say the the willingness and the drive to work with the elderly first and foremost um and also I think equally as important is you know you wanting to have your own business.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. You have to have both of those for sure.
2: Yeah. So the yeah. final
1: question here is what does the future of franchising look like?
2: I think it is um if I have to describe it in a couple of words, it would be uh, that is the way to go. Owning a franchise where everything yeah. is laid out for a franchisee and it's, they can follow that model and step to step. Most importantly, be successful at it. hmm yeah, most definitely. I,
1: I agree 100%. I see it getting stronger and stronger as time goes on. So, Nicole, one more time, if someone's listening and they want
2: more information, where would they go to find that additional information? So it can be either by calling myself, 705-698-5318, or to our website at com. Wonderful. Nicole, thank you so much for being on the
1: show today. I love your model. I love the services that that you're offering. And uh, I know there are a lot of seniors out there that certainly need this. So thank you so much.
2: Oh, thank you um, for inviting me as one of your guests. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, your show and the questions and for giving us this opportunity to be out there in the U.S. We are excited to grow Goshenite your way.
1: Wonderful. I look forward to staying connected with you.
2: I as well. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Linda, and thanks to your audience.
1: Absolutely.
2: So, folks, you know,
1: as we were talking The franchise business model, you're going to see more and more industries embrace that business model because it is, as Nicole mentioned, it is a great model because everything's put together for you. And we are going to see more and more niches, just like Goshenite, Um, to embrace that business model. So always be open to that. As always, I'm leaving you with a quote. That quote is by an unknown person. And the quote goes like this, Retirement is not the end of the road. It is the beginning of the open highway. So folks, there are a lot of us that are getting ready to get on that open highway. Thanks so much for joining me today on All Things Franchising. And I'll see you next time.